the Chris train. <laughs> the Chris train. I know I can't. I know I can't. I know I can't. I know I can't. Oh, God. Should get that tattooed on me someplace. Um, Like a sad Thomas the Tank Engine. Just going to put it. I'm just going to get a tram stamp of it. It's a sad Thomas the Tank Engine face. And it just says, I know I can't. And, uh,. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Hello, patrons of our episode. This is Mad Blurry Hysteria 51. I'm uh, your host. Did I say the name wrong? I don't care. I mean, you can call it Penis Wrinkle. It doesn't matter, man. You're, you know. This is Penis Wrinkle. I'm your host, Chris <laughs> Coxwell, joined by my other wrinklers, Dave Flora <laughs> and Brent <laughs> How you guys doing? Now, I want you to know Wrinklers uh, is uh, a show... <laughs> Is a name for the strippers at Dave and I's strip club, Wrinkles. That's right. So I, guess, I guess this would be the male version, right? This is for the ladies. <laughs> or, you know, whoever. We don't judge. Yeah. It's 2020. Who cares? <laughs> if you want to enjoy wrinkly peni, go for it. Yeah, peni. Oh, Topher, we're doing well. I can't really speak for him. I'm doing well, as well as can be. I, I, so, interestingly enough, uh, tis the season for COVID, my wife and I gave blood and they do a test, and we got we pinged for having the antibodies, which is kind of scary because wow. it means that we might have had it. So they do another test. It could be a false positive, and that's going to take two more weeks. I was very sick when this all first started, and we were all quarantined. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that might have been when we had it because it's the only real time I was sick, other than one other time, and we did get, um, we did get tested then, and it was negative. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. My, my, so the reason, uh, listeners that I was off the show last week was because my wife came home from work sick. Like, Oh my God, I think I have COVID and she definitely had COVID. And then we got tested and the day that she went for the test, they, they tested her as negative, but then she lost. Yeah. Cause then she like lost her sense of taste and smell and also had all the other symptoms. (laughs) So it's like, uh, pretty pretty sure she had covid although i haven't had any symptoms but i'm sure like so i actually have a test scheduled now for tomorrow to see if um i'm good to go back to like you know t- to go back to doing outsidey things that aren't really outside but you know like volunteer stuff that i'm that i'm going to start doing here soon like um, living period yeah, right <laughs> you know but it's but it's been really interesting because yeah like you know when she ca- when she got the test back and it was negative it's like well what the hell? Like that's so it's so bad that it could give you a false negative just depending on the day you go. Because who's yeah. going to get a test on the day that they're like, you know, Greg uh, sneezed on me. I need to go to test. Yeah. Well, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying though, right? Like if you're feeling so sick that you think you might have COVID, um, still might be in gestation for a couple days. Right. Like why? Like what? You wouldn't go get the test when you're feeling um okay right. yeah yeah exactly like you're gonna you know so it's like well that's i don't know it's it seems like going to get a test for you know you got the you know you got the the, the alien from alien uh, disease and it's like <laughs> oh do you do you have an alien and it only tests positive once the alien rips out of your stomach you know it's like <laughs> it's, it's such a there is a test kind of for thing. it but it's not fun <laughs> no yeah right there there is a test it's one, pretty one time it's only. pretty definitive yeah. it's pretty definitive the test uh but Anyways, well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. You know, so listeners, we we are okay. We're fine. Back to uh, back to full health, which 
or mostly full health. Uh, Katie's still having some symptoms of like, you know, heavy breathing and it being hard to get out and like kind of do stuff like that. But I always heavy breathed because I'm fat. So it doesn't even matter. Um, so it's fine. No change for me. Well, what are you doing? I just opened a drink. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that, that, that scene from the Simpsons when Homer is, you know, he's huffing as he's putting the donut to his mouth. <laughs> Basically accurate. So what? What are uh, what's everyone's stories this week? We had some we had some interesting looking ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, mine uh, is since I sent mine first, I'll go first. I was the first to pick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, finder of treasure chest hidden in Rocky Mountains reveals his identity. So, if you guys don't know this, eccentric billionaire, not billionaire, millionaire, um, uh, Forrest Fenn uh, was this guy who literally wrote a poem about a treasure he hid that was worth between one and two million dollars. Those, you know, jewels and knickknacks and things, and it was going to be worth a lot of money. And this was years ago and he put it out there and since then tens of thousands of people have been searching for it and lots of them have died literally died doing this and people have like went to him and said please call this off people are dying and he's like not letting that get in the way of a good time well it's been found and the guy who found it wasn't going to come forward so a bunch of journalists and stuff are like we're not gonna let some guy get away with that and they did some digging and jack stoof s-t-e-u-f stoof uh was the guy who found it he was a 32 year old amateur adventurer wannabe indiana jones type actually found it and uh i thought it was what like had a happened is, or something wasn't he like yeah well yeah but this was like he said uh he said it completely consumed him oh the search for this uh, the, uh, Forrest Finn, the guy who had, uh, actually put this out there, passed away in September of this year. And so Jack has kind of came forward and, uh, told a lot of the, the stuff. And so interestingly enough, and then of course, Jack finds it, enter in all of the lawsuits saying, oh, I was blah, blah, this and that. And he's like, how in the hell are you going to, uh, say that I owe you anything? I found a, a, right. a freaking buried treasure. A Chicago attorney named Barbara Anderson filed a lawsuit against Finn and the then unnamed finder, uh, then he was unnamed, in the U.S. District Court in Santa Fe, New Mexico in June after the treasure was reportedly found. She argues argues that after she had spent several years painstakingly deciphering Mr. Finn's poem and scouting the general location of the treasure, someone hacked her cell phone and stole proprietary information that led it to him. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) He's like, you know. I was just going to go the next day and get it. Yeah, I'd put it off. I I had my nails to do that day. Mm -hmm. You know how it goes. Um, Yeah, so uh, he said he wants it to remain a secret where it was because that is where the old man got his shit buried, so they're not going to give that away. Wow. Uh, As in himself. He's, He's, you know. It's now in a secure location in New Mexico, and he does plan to sell it. And he says he has medical school, uh, medical school pay loans to pay off. So yeah, he is. So goodbye to that, that money. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says it's not a, an appropriate place to become a tourist attraction. So he's not going to tell people where it was. Hmm. I, I don't. Uh, go ahead, Chris. I I just it's such a weird story, you know. 
like like Forrest Fenn was like the whole thing, right? He was like, oh, I want I want people to go. I want people to go back outside, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's and like die. <laughs> well, it's like it's like, OK, so you want like you want people to go back outside and like get back to nature or whatever. Like, why not give the money to like conservation efforts? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this is like such yeah. a stupid well, like <laughs> I didn't get people off their butts, I guess. It's not motivation enough. <laughs> <laughs> Just such a silly such like a silly way to I don't know. It's it's old it's, school, right? It's yeah, it's a very old yeah. school look at, at how things should be done and you know, it was better back in my day when people didn't stick their faces in phones and blah blah blah. I um, just wish that Forrest Finn had a partner named Jay Nika. RJ Pickens who <laughs> was like pulling the strings in the background because it's <laughs> Forrest Finn is like one of those old it is an old-timey way to do stuff but it sounds like one of those old-timey names we just need like a, a big bad in the whole story and I'd be like <laughs> a lot better so mm-hmm. I I got into this for a while it didn't consume me but it was always like in the back of my mind like I would love to go looking for that someday I actually bought the guy's book um, because it had the poem and it was supposed to have the clues and stuff. If you read through it, you know, you could recognize or supposed to be able to put to decipher the the poem. Um, and actually I, w- I was thinking about going out there last summer to do it and, and, you know, just didn't end up going. Uh, so why, 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 you know, play the violin for me. I <laughs> almost, all your almost fault. had a million dollars, but, um, and the first place I was looking was uh, up in like northwestern Wyoming, um, just from you know just from going over the clues in the poem and being like, "Here's a map. What what could this?" But anyways, it there's a lot of places it could have been, but like yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing. And and Force Finn was like one of these guys raised in Texas. They they went to like Yellowstone National Park a lot. He was very outdoorsy and stuff. With uh, he was in the Air Force. Um, came back, started a, I think an art gallery and, you know, made hundreds of thousands of dollars apparently. And it was just one of those, it's one of those stories where it's like, well, you know, I did things my way. Uh, why can't everybody else do it like this too? And (laughs) I know, you know, I, I, I had a great time growing up. I, I learned a lot of stuff. I think everybody else can benefit from this, which there's some merit in that, but at the same time, like. Not everybody's going to have those opportunities or that that kind of path, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was I was into it. I was willing to go out there and give it a try. And you know, they were saying like it, it's it's dangerous if you are willy nilly about doing it. Like it's it's out in the wilderness. It's camping. It's being outdoors. You have to pay attention. You have to not do stupid things. And the whole thing, you know, was like it's in a place where it's it's difficult to get to. It's dangerous, but it's not beyond the pale. It's not something like, you know, you see in Indiana Jones or something where there's booby traps and pitfalls and all all this stuff. It's just right. common sense will help you, you know? Well, that's like one of the things I had to really think about when I hiked part of the Appalachian Trail last year. Now, granted, uh, I only hiked about 75 feet of it, but I still hiked part <laughs> of the Appalachian Trail, and no one can ever take that away from me. You, you crossed it <laughs> to get to the parking lot, right? I had to cross the parking lot to get to it. It was, a, it was a bitch of a hot day too. So, and Lisa, my wife, was none too excited when I was laughing the entire time, telling her I was hiking the Appalachian Trail as we were on it, and uh, <laughs> I was going to, you know, tell everyone I'd now hiked part of the trail. 
Uh, it's those little things in a marriage you that really keep that it going. From, yeah, never take that from <laughs> you now. Nope. That's the way it goes. So, yeah, treasure. I didn't find any. David, you're too lazy. I think that's the takeaway from this story. Otherwise, we'd be having a completely different conversation in your podcast studio made of gold. But whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some weird online thing? I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor and we use it. Rosetta Stone, they're the most trusted language learning program and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. <laughs> I definitely use it. I, I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun stuff. of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. That's <laughs> what it, it's like. What are you trying to do? Do it right. <laughs> Uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm -hmm. it's amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages available for any trips. You need language in life. You need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary and they're from uh, somewhere else. Somewhere, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25, Rosetta's going to work for you. <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that. And there is a 50% offer, so it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, a today. <laughs> David, what do you got? What do you got for us? I've got one of those articles from uh, Science Alert that sounds a lot better in the title than I think what it actually is. Uh, I bet Chris knows all about science articles that sound way too good in the title until you start reading them. <laughs> it's really clickbaity. It says astronomers just found cosmic superhighways for fast travel through the solar system. Uh, and it starts out with saying invisible structures generated by gravitational interactions in the solar system have created a space superhighway network astronomers have discovered. Now, did they discover this or is this just something that is known and they're kind of putting a, a spin on it? Like basically what this is saying, I was hoping it would be like, we found subspace, you know, all these little, the, the mycelial right. network from discovery, like everybody's going to be able to travel great distances through these wormholes, whatever. No, man, it's using math. It's just math. It's just the jet streams, so to speak. It is. Like it's, in the oceans yeah. It's slinging yourself around Jupiter. It's a very good analogy, actually, the jet stream, because it's like in the same way that like so an object like in the jet stream, the reason in a body of fluid, the reason some water moves more quickly than other bodies of water is because of temperature. Right. Mm. Like we all know, like hot water 
and cold water when they intersect it creates it creates velocity disparities right mm. the reason that actually happens is because of this the dis, the difference in energy or momentum essentially and, and density right so hot water has hot water is less dense than cold water and so when you have something that's less dense there's like more space mm-hmm. essentially right yeah. so you can think like if you had um if you had a thing of cold water and it's taking up, say, like one meter cubed of volume, the same amount of hot water might only take up, say, like 0.95 meters cubed of water or, or volume, right? So now there's a disparity of, say, 0.05 meters cubed. And these are just random numbers, like not true to life. But so that diff- that disparity in the amount of uh, space there is means that cold water now can rush into the hot water zone, hmm. Right. So it creates it creates velocity basically. It's it's all Bernoulli's equation is what the equation is called that d- describes that. Um, but basically, stuff flows from high energy to low energy. It's kind of the same idea here. Looking at the paper, basically, like you can think that ener- areas with low gravity um, or high gravity are similar to areas of high temperature or low temperature in a fluid, right? Kind of. And so in those regions where there is those – in those regions where there is disparity, you can have objects actually that are apparently speeding up in kind of the same way. Yeah, so it's it's just getting these gravitational assists from things, and there's a way you can calculate to slingshot around, you know, two or three of them and really get trucking out there. Uh, it's I, called the Kessel Run. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, twelve twelve parsecs. <laughs> get that down to eleven. Um, and and yeah, I just I, I thought it was funny after reading it because it it's just such a letdown. I think because <laughs> I'm like, we already know this, don't we? Didn't haven't we slung a bunch of stuff into space anyway? So uh, there yeah, there they are use ways. gravity assists for for launching crap into you know orbits all the time. Even when they want to go into the outer atmosphere, they'll still shoot it by other planets that mm-hmm. seem out of the way. But because of the gravity boost that it gets, they can get there faster right. with less energy, things like that. I and think this is just saying that maybe um, they found that there there are more trade winds. <laughs> so to, you know, yeah, uh, it's you know, it's a way to visualize how uh, there are a few choice spots where you can send stuff that'll get it there faster. Uh, because there are ways to to latch onto Jupiter, to throw it into Saturn, to throw it into you know, like it'll it it, it kind of weaves around in a certain way. Where if you just threw something at a big object, it might not get there as fast uh, as it would if you have done the math and know exactly which place to send it to. So that's right. that's these networks and stuff, and they're talking about how like comets and asteroids and things. Uh, may have used these or may, you know, continue to use these to to get speed and get flung around the, the solar system and things like that. But they're hoping to really uh, tamp this down so that they can send our stuff through, via these to, you know, knock off a few decades uh, of trips and stuff. Well, fingers crossed that we figure it out. But fingers crossed that we don't need it because... Chris Cogswell, that's Dr. Cogs, if you're nasty, figures it all out and uh, and comes up with some new uh, jet fuel. Not jet fuel. I don't know. Ion uh, wormhole generator material. <laughs> and then, right. uh, David and I kill him, take it over, and get rich off of it for over $1 million. Oh my what's God, really, what's, 
What's really mm-hmm. funny too, though, is in the article itself, there's this section, right? So quote, our identified gateway region is an important, albeit brief, stage of orbital and thus likely physical evolution that appears exceptionally common for centaurs to pass through. Centaurs being this kind of object they're, they're or this kind of uh, – what's the word? I guess like situation they're understanding. It deserves additional labyrinth. studies. It's what's in the middle of the it, labyrinth. It deserves additional studies yeah. in both modeling and observational capacities to better understand the physical processing of nuclei services and subservices as objects transition in and out of the gaming region. While the pathway SW1 is taking is very common, its short-lived nature means it is rare for an object as large as SW1 to be present at any given epoch. Uh, Epoch. This adds to the motivation for studies of SW1 in particular. So what's interesting is that even, you know, the translation from like what an article says and then what the actual article says is so funny. Because <laughs> um, this one is like, you know, we found a we found a super highway and these people are like, we found a a brief, a brief moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I mean in terms, in time. <laughs> right. And in yeah. terms of in terms of like astronaut like in terms of like, you know, astrophysics, brief is like a couple thousand years, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, true. but it is really interesting though, that they're basically saying like, you know, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so interesting. Um, well, anyone who's read any of the, um, Harry Potter oh books my, will know. Uh, is- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm having a brain fart here. Well, like uh, any, any, it. um, uh, goodbye. Thanks for all the fish. Uh, Oh, tiger's guide. Hitchhiker's Guide knows that there is a super highway out there, and we were in the in the way in the way, so yeah. they're going to have to get rid of us. <laughs> it's going to take a little bit less than what we consider two Earth minutes, but uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> god, I couldn't think of Hitchhikers. Oh my god, Hitchhiker's Guide <sighs> must be all that twenty twenty. You're injecting. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, been in Colorado. It's been crack cocaine. Is it Colorado? There they decriminalized it Much, uh, oregon I they will they've oregon yeah they crap i've been breaking the law in colorado you <laughs> <laughs> silly man all that colorado crack <laughs> crack rotto uh, chris you got a sciencey and a gamey one you're just firing on all cylinders this week yeah so actually so anyone who is super into video games this week has been following the absolute dumpster fire that is the launch of of uh, cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> I, want my damn I i love video games and i also kind of frankly love like anytime there's fandom drama of any kind i think it's so funny and interesting and like kind of scary and because it's very it is very similar to the stuff that is interesting to me about like ufo subculture or uh conspiracy culture or whatever like these groups of people that kind of create their own little world within the world at large. And so this week, um, cyberpunk launched and it was a buggy mess. It, it cannot, you cannot play it functionally on the PS4 or Xbox one on the series X or PS five. It's, you know, slightly more playable, but yeah, but still like pretty unplayable. Like, uh, there's problems with graphical glitches. There's, and there are some hilarious, there are some hilarious videos coming out about this now. Like my favorite one by far is there's a guy who every time he goes to drive his car, his character goes into the T pose, gets stuck outside the roof of the car <laughs> and their pants are gone. <laughs> and the thing with cyberpunk is they made a big deal about this being like, 
this game was delayed for eight years. Yeah. It yeah. was the whole time it was told to be like this amazing game where you can do whatever you want. Your character's body can be how you want. You know, they have a penis uh, selection mode in the character creation for God's sakes. Right. Like yep. this was supposed to be a full. That's immersive... why David's never made it past the selection screen. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Bugs or> no. <laughs> <laughs> big Todger, little Todger, big Todger, little Todger. Um, you know, that was it's, his favorite book as a cop. Yeah, it was right. crazy. And, and like, and the, right the marketing the little engine that couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! The the advertising for the game too, and the marketing was like, you know, we're this, we're not like the other game companies. We won't sell you garbage, and we're not going to have a. Yeah, you know, like we're not going to give you a day one patch that fixes all the problems in our garbage game, and like it's going to take you know, six months, right? All this other stuff, and then it releases, and like the uh, from all from, now. Let's be fair. From all accounts I've heard, the storyline is amazing. I've heard that when it works, it is a joy to play, and I've heard that it is uh, beautiful. It's beautiful looking if you can if you have the hardware to play it. Right now, on the other hand. Um, I've heard that the world itself is exceptionally dull. There's like nothing, you know, in, in Grand Theft Auto or in Red Dead Redemption, if you pull a pistol on a bystander, they will like run or they're challenged, they'll challenge you to a duel or they'll, right? Like they'll respond in interesting, exactly. They'll respond in interesting ways. In cyberpunk, if you pull a gun on someone, they do nothing. And then if you shoot them, they crouch. And everyone in the world crouches, and then when you look around, they disappear. <laughs> like so it's the realistic. people just disappear. <laughs> They're exceptionally realistic. And then yeah. if you get if you do stuff that gets you in trouble, the police don't like come at you in cars. They just appear behind you. Um, <laughs> and and so CD Projekt Red is stop resisting, stop <laughs> resisting. CD Projekt Red is claiming these are all glitches that they'll be fixed in the coming updates and patches. Um, but there's just a tremendous amount of controversy about this game and everything else. And it actually it it made me think because there are some really good and really interesting um YouTube channels that go into like how game design actually happens. And there's one in particularly, there's a really particularly good one um, from one of the programmers on the original Sonic games. Mm -hmm. um, and the... Um, Which was a breakthrough game when it came out for the speed and uh, everything that it had. Absolutely. And so, and actually one of the, one of the original programmers um, from Travelers, uh, or I, I think they're from Travelers Tales or maybe from another... Or no, maybe they're from, they're actually from uh, Sega itself. But so um, this, this programmer has actually gone, um, has going through this. His name is John Burton. Um, basically said that he was going to make a director's cut of one of these old Sega games, Sonic 3D Blast. And it's actually really, it's supposedly it's really good. It's a lot of fun. And they have kind of interesting, um, there's interesting videos um, that they've made about like how to actually do the programming on these things and how it works and everything else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways, um, one of the interesting things though, is a concept in computer graphics called ray tracing. Have you guys ever heard of this before? Yeah. You have Dave. Have you heard of this? I think so. Okay. So what ray tracing basically is, is like, 
in a video, so in a normal video game, if you notice like shadows and stuff, those are usually polygons that are programmed where they adjust based on the way you, the player, are looking at the object. With blast processing, sorry, right? No, that was yeah, sick. no. So, so you know, and the same with like the same with like sun and everything else, right? So the time of day doesn't mm. actually change shadows the way you expect it to, and that's why games like say like The Legend of Zelda, like Majora's Mask, when they had day and night cycles, it just like if it was night, it's just night now, yeah. right? And if it's day, it's just day now. And there's like a little bit of a variation, but it's not really anything anything extreme. And that actually is true for a lot of games. Like even to the modern day, that's true for a lot of games. Now, the ray tracing is the it, it it has the perfect name because it's literally just what it's doing. Exactly. It's so tracing the rays of light. So yeah. So so exactly. So what ray tracing does for people that don't know is essentially it takes. I mean, it's actually a really old concept going back to like the 1600s in optics. But basically, um, you can think like when when light travels, it travels in a straight line path usually, and then you can model how that will transition off of surfaces or create shadows um, or even create reflections in like mirrors or concave objects, right? Or, or, or concave or convex objects that are shiny. So the reason this all ties together is cyberpunk. One of the big things about it, about its graphics was supposed to be that it used real time ray tracing to make the world look amazingly realistic and if you watch videos on youtube of high-end computers running this game with ray tracing it is of it is amazing looking right so like you're driving a car and it's raining outside your car's light beams are hitting off the wet surface differently than they would be um if it was you know sunny outside or daytime or whatever right Right. Shadows are realistically modeled. Uh, water and other surfaces that are reflective look extremely lifelike. Like it's it's just an amazing thing they were able. It's an amazing Sadly, thing though, that we can do. The only person who's been able to do that is Jeff Stoof. It's what he bought with his winnings. <laughs> right, right, right. It requires like a <laughs> Was five thousand computer capable it, of playing like, it. It requires like a three thousand to five thousand dollar gaming PC with the latest stuff. Everything else, right? It's nuts. But all that being said, um, this guy Ben Carter. Um, a uh, kind of an engineer, I guess, and a hobbyist got ray tracing to work on the Super Nintendo. Okay, <laughs> and these graphics are the most Nintendo sixty four looking Super Nintendo graphics I've ever seen. They are crazy looking. Now, obviously, the Super Nintendo has other limitations to it, but one of the things, if you're a big kind of gaming history nerd kind of person like I am, one of the big developments in the um. In the development of the Super Nintendo and then later even the N64 was what was known as the Super FX chip, which was this special piece of hardware that actually came in cartridges with games like Super uh, – like Star, Star Fox. Star Fox, baby. Yeah, yeah, Star Fox, Yoshi's Island. Um, and there were a couple other ones like this. There was one where you're like a mech kind of walking guy. Yeah. And that allowed 3D visuals to be possible. This guy said, well, wait a second. You know, ray tracing isn't really all that complicated. I wonder if I can design my own chip like the Super FX chip that'll work to get ray tracing to work on the Super Nintendo. And he did it. And so, so it's, um, just, it's, it's buried in the cartridge that you plug into your exactly. Yeah. So stock SNES. exactly. And so obviously like, you know, it's, it's extremely bare bones. It's like these polygonal shapes, you know, you still can't get the kind of graphics you get out of even say like an N64 because the amount of processing power on the Super Nintendo is limited. Um, but 
it's an amazing show of technology. And just like, I love these videos where it's people at home interested in something like this that just do like amazing things that at the time were thought to be completely impossible. impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So check it out. It's really cool. Um, He's got like, you know, a concave mirror that real time changes the, um, you know, real time changes like the shape of the object. It actually reverses it correctly. Um, you know, the water reflects the, the outside world like correctly. like the bean looking thing from Chicago, you know, the yeah, big Yeah, it's, yeah, it's you know? really freaking cool. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's just very, very cool. And if you ever think that this doesn't matter or it doesn't actually add to the kind of the realism or immersion you feel in a game, um, you know, I suggest try playing like even uh, Spider-Man on the PS5 or PS4. Rather, I don't have a PS5 because they only made like four of them. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> Spider-Man on the PS4, um, when you're like crawling along the, you know, the edge of a building that's shiny, that's actually like a, th- that's just another Spider-Man um, copy, right? That's just another copy of your model that's doing that. Um, and so, and usually it's like a dummy model, right? It's not actually doing what you're doing. And so in some games, it's actually really funny. You can like, you can look in the reflection in the mirror of, of uh, objects or in the sheen of objects. And it's all, it's just a static image, right? Because there's nothing really there to look at. Um, so anyways, very, very cool stuff. Check it out. And, uh, and yeah, wait so what a Chris year is to buy Cyberpunk. Is fuck Cyberpunk 2077. Just wait a year. Just wait a year. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait a year until I can get, uh, you know, till it's patched and it, it works fine. But yeah, if you're liking it though, awesome. I mean, that's the other thing too with these, with always with these, uh, giant shows of negative emotion, right? Like if, um, how'd you know my, my memoirs title <laughs> giant shows of negative emotion, the memoirs. Well, it's, it's always like this, right? People complain about stuff and it, it doesn't seem like a big deal almost because the scale of the upsetness, um, like sometimes I feel like with, especially with the gaming community or even to like the UFO community or conspiracy communities, they complain about so much so constantly yeah. that when something like actually atrocious happens, like this launch of cyberpunk, no one, no one gives a shit <laughs> because it's like you guys complained about, you know, remember that time that Bethesda decided to release a mobile game and you guys were sending death threats to programmers houses. You know, what's crazy <laughs> like, is I think it's just the human condition because I guarantee that if you're in a knitting or quilting group and shit, the stuff is still the same because oh, humans are disgusting. A hundred percent. No, we, we do not um, a bunch of savages on this planet. We do not deserve the Galactic Federation's help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we cannot pay that toll to get on that super highway out there. No, not yet, not yet. I it, the, oh, the funny thing man. the the thing about Cyberpunk is unique though because people were complaining because they kept delaying it and pushing it back. So like on on the one hand, the the company which was also responsible for the Witcher series, right? Which is an amazing series. Um, I think it was CD Projekt Red, right? Yeah, it was. Yep. Um, they, uh, like, it's kind of a no-win situation for them because they want to get the game right, but now they've got this mounting pressure of the fandom who keeps pushing, like, you know, they, they, there's a fine line to keep delaying it till you get it right or really piss people off so much that they'll never, you know, like, you'll become irrelevant and a joke at some point. So, like... 
it's uh, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough for everybody. Well, you I know, saw, I was reading yeah. some interviews, or not interviews, but, but comments, and people are like, I don't know what people are complaining about. It plays perfect on my PS4, and the glitches just enhance the game that I don't even notice. Like, <laughs> you're lying. That's not true. They've even said it doesn't play. It doesn't no, play. You're, you're just a fanboy. You're just, you're just yeah. ruining, yeah. you know, you're just taking whatever is thrown at you. I think there's something to be said, really, for... Um, Part like part of the problem here is they hyped it for so long. Yeah, yeah. To be so amazing, and then every time you know, like look at the Elder Scrolls Six right now. I like Bethesda releases buggy pieces of shit every every time they release a game, and I eat them up every single time. (laughs) You know what I mean? I love Bethesda video games. The Elder Scrolls is my absolute all time favorite game kind of world, Mm -hmm. and yet when they release games, you know, it's, it's, it is, they have become a meme, right? It's expected like, you know, Todd Howard did three hours of QA on this game and we're going to be able to go through bucket, you know, go through walls using buckets because they, it's using the same engine from the time of the N64, right? Like that's a consistent theme in their releases. The difference is that, um, I guess in some ways, if we look at say the Elder Scrolls six, right? They haven't released anything about that game, right? Yeah. And they've probably been working on it this whole time. They haven't released anything about um, the the other game they're they're working on, Starfield or whatever it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't I don't care for because it's not it doesn't involve elves, so who cares? <laughs> um, but you know they they haven't released anything about that. And of course, like look at Fallout seventy six when you come out and you make these big promises, um, it inevitably will bite you in the ass. You know, yeah, you have to sure. under promise and over deliver, especially with something like video games, because people are going to be, you know, think about speedrunners, right? They play games that are, you know, they're still finding new bugs in games from like the 90s. They're still finding new stuff in stuff like Super Mario Brothers. Exactly. Things still, it, it blows my mind. And so, you know, you have to expect people are going to play this until it breaks. And if that the point that it breaks is so low um, and it affects the play of regular people, that's where you're going to get problems like this. And so then releasing a game in a state where like it didn't even work on high end PCs without the day one patch. That's that's pretty shocking. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. For so yeah. long. Uh, <sighs> shameless plug. Uh, Twitch.tv slash blurry photos. I am now streaming video games. So what are you playing on there? Right now, I'm playing The Evil Within and Minecraft sometimes. I've got just an ongoing Minecraft world, and then nice. I switch out kind of like horror games. The the crazy, I, I loved when I talked with uh, Max Brooks. He, he wrote the, the book on Minecraft, literally the, the one book talking about uh, Minecraft, and he just is fascinated with it and how it can be used as a teaching tool, <laughs> a teaching tool, a teaching <laughs> tool, and things like that. So that's awesome. Make sure, uh, send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes here as well for everyone so they can make sure to check you out on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, man. do you have your little green screen behind you? So you're in the corner going, yeah, here we go. You know I do. Oh, man. You're my hero. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've, been, I've been thinking about doing Twitch for so long and I never, I just never jumped in and done it actually. That was, a, that was this- me too. Like, I bought a bunch yeah. of games specifically for it, I bought a webcam and, green screen and then it just they all sat there for years and finally i just jumped on oh, earlier man, this, this year is, 
I'm Maybe still the douche the playing World of Warcraft. I bought the new expansion. I hadn't actually played in like people, four years. Yeah, people people go crazy about that. It's been fun. It's been, you know, they change it and they just made Vanilla WoW available too. So you can go back and play like the first six, the first release WoW with those rules on its own server. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of cool. If you want to remember what it was like, <laughs> then you can go do that. <laughs> I started playing in like January of 2005. So just a few months after it launched, yeah. I've been playing the same game on and off for 15 years. Oh, my God. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. good stuff, folks. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week with another uh, another somewhat informative episode. <laughs> it's going to be great. Go work on your ray tracing. That's your homework this week. Yeah. And watch David Twitch all over the place online. Hell yeah. Bye. 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 Meeting adjourned.